I feel like we just sang these carols. And here we go again. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. You've got to get your best caroling voice on. I love Christmas carols. Before we go there, uh, Brad Sorry. Where's Brad? Brad, where are you, Brad? Brad, keep walking. Come straight up on stage. We're going to take a moment to say thank you to Brad because at our volunteers and leaders dinner that we did on Friday night, which was a whole lot of fun, uh, we just had an absolute ball getting dressed up in the different uh, uh, decades of uh, when you were born. And uh, we had a crazy night. It was a lot of fun. We gave out special awards and there was a special award that we were supposed to give to Brad that we didn't get to Brad. Somehow we oversighted it. I mean, how do you oversight Brad? I mean, seriously, Brad is everywhere, everywhere in terms of what he does in serving uh, our church community, his involvement on service teams, uh, his involvement with young adult ministry and uh, other aspects of uh, what he does. He's just the everywhere person, church electrician, uh, sorry, electrical, taking care of little plug there, sorry, electrical, taking care of everything. And um, we, we were meant to acknowledge Brad for outstanding service. Uh, for young adult ministry, which is a co-leadership position that he shared with his sister, Renee. And we honored Renee and we forgot Brad. So we're making up for that right now. So come over here, Brad. You're on camera. They weren't on camera. So just wave to all the people out in in that world right there. Here's a nice little certificate for you, Brad. And also a bundle of little gifts in there for you. God bless you, Brad. Say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brad. So Brad has um, graduated from service in terms of young adults ministry. Uh, That doesn't mean he's out of that aspect because he and Alana are still leading a connect group for young adults and very much involved in that. But we transitioned a number of areas of ministry uh, for 2020. Four, and we're going to talk to you about those in detail come Vision Sunday in February. Uh, look, the Christmas season, we, we take all of December to sing a few carols, have a special focus around the, the Christmassy message, and that's what this season is all about. It's kind of like holiday church for me, because I know that many people are preparing to go on holidays. Uh, some are ready to leave right now and go on holidays. And, and so we just want to take things and, and make it a little bit light for everybody during this season. So we're going to try and have shorter services. I make no promises, but we're going to try and have shorter services. It all depends on how well behaved you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, behave, behave. So it depends on how well behaved you are as to how our services go in terms of that. So if you cheer big, we finish early. If you're silent, we just take our time. We just cruise. And so we're starting a whole theme for the Christmas season called Comfort and Joy. And this is what we're going to be speaking about all this month. Uh, Don't forget Christmas Day. We are live this year on Christmas Day. And I know that's hard for some people. Well, it's hard for everybody. Uh, But hey, it was hard for Jesus to come from heaven to earth and die on a cross. So um, unless you want to go that path, uh, beat me here uh, Christmas Day. Help us celebrate uh, together and join in on what we're doing. Comfort and joy. Uh, You don't need to be told that our world is uh, in a little bit of pain. Uh, 
uh, and tension and strife right now uh, in terms of what's going on around our world with the wars, uh, the war uh, in, over in Israel and Palestine and all of that conflict that's going on there. And, and you know, we're all pretty messed up in our head about that because uh, we value human life no matter uh, whose human life uh, that is. Uh, but we also very much honour and value the people of God, uh, the nation of Israel, that we're God's uh, chosen people. And God's word undoubtedly is packaged with special promises and purpose for the nation of Israel. And it's prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament that they will never be wiped out, they will never be destroyed. And yet it's been attempted time and time and time again. So what we're seeing in our world, in the Middle East, is we're seeing the Hamas, this this group uh, that has risen um, and that are trying to, it's their endeavor to annihilate the nation of Israel, to push them from the border into the sea, is what their statement of belief says. And I want to declare very strongly today that I stand for Israel, and I stand for the people of God, and I stand for the promise and purpose of God in that. And I believe that God is a protector of Israel. And uh, yet in all of that, it's so sad to see the loss of innocent life. The enemy is not the Palestinians. Uh, The enemy is not the nation of Palestine. The enemy, make no doubt about it, is that that, uh, little group called Hamas that is a group that you just cannot negotiate with. You cannot negotiate with them at all. And some are going around saying that Israel are causing genocide against uh, the Palestinians. Well, it's just not true. It's not genocide when your daughters, your sons, your babies, your wives, your young uh, uh, adult men have been dragged off, have been beheaded, have been taken captive, have been raped and have been killed. It's not genocide to make that enemy pay for that. That's not genocide. That's justice. That's what that is. And so I very much stand for the nation of Israel. They are God's special people, but it's still a lot of pain there. There's a lot of pain for the Ukraine in terms of what Russia is doing to the Ukraine and we're seeing the devastation that is taking place there and the thousands and thousands of people that have lost their lives in that conflict. So our world is really in a time of uncertainty. Uh, We've got the issues related with our own kind of uh, situation here in Australia uh, with the relationship with China and everything that's going on there and just China's extra muscle that's being pushed around with various nations at the moment. And so we all live with a little bit of tension with world events and a sense of, I guess, confusion and insecurity and, and challenge and chaos. But in all of that, we have Christmas. And thank God for Christmas because Christmas is the message. Uh, the message of Christmas was and is comfort and joy for all. Who could do with a little bit of comfort this Christmas? I know our world could. Our world could do with a little bit of comfort and our world could certainly do with a little bit of joy. Our weary world is in a whole lot of need right now. Do you know the Christmas message was and is good news, great joy, peace for all? That's the Christmas message. Good news, great joy, peace for all. I love that phrasing uh, that was given. The 
message that was given uh, through the gospels of, of good news, great joy and peace for all. That means in the darkest of moments, in the hardest of seasons, in wars, in rumors of wars, no matter what the turmoil or the tribulation, the uh, uncertainty or insecurity, the struggle or the stresses, even in our personal worlds, Christmas is good news, great joy and peace for all. And so we're preaching and speaking and focusing on comfort and joy for our Christmas season. Now we're all familiar with those words because that phrasing comes from a Christmas carol that was actually one of the very earliest of all Christmas carols written. God rest ye merry gentlemen. You know that one? Yeah, we're probably not going to sing it in church over the next four weeks uh, because it's a little bit challenging. But what a beautiful carol, God rest ye merry gentlemen, is. It's a carol that's just drenched in theology, in theological thought, in describing who God is and what God has done for every single one of us. And the lyrics are so rich and people that don't even believe in God are singing this theology, are singing this doctrine, are singing these truths and they don't even necessarily realize what they're singing but they're proudly proclaiming the divinity of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus, the plan of God in who Jesus Christ was when he came to earth. But the language is a little confusing. Like, God rest you, merry gentlemen. What does that even mean? Does that mean God wants you to... Oh, I could go there right now. Who could do with a little bit of comfort? Rest. Right now, God rest ye merry gentlemen. That's not what it means. It's not about that kind of rest. You see, the language is so archaic, it doesn't come from that uh, German thought of, of rest as, as in sleep. It's got a deeper, richer meaning. In actual fact, the meaning for rest is to keep or continue. That, that God would keep or continue you. Mary means great, mighty, or strong. So a modernized translation might mean God keep you strong, gentlemen. God keep you strong. What a great thought for Christmas. God keep you strong, ye merry gentlemen. Okay, today I've got a little test to wake you up. A little lyric challenge where you're going to fill in the blanks. Uh, for this Christmas carol just to test and see how good you are because I know often when I sing Christmas carols I'm a little bit like Mr Bean in church if you're familiar with Mr Bean I kind of get my words all jumbled up and I actually I did that with all songs Uh, people on the front row hear me people on stage hear me I just sing my own song because I believe that's the truth. Uh, sing a joyful song unto the Lord. So I make up my words. But you can't make them up right now. We're doing a lyric challenge. So I'm going to put the lyrics on the screen. And I want to invite you, if you're online, I want to invite you to put in the chat what the answer is. And I want everyone in the room, with your best voice, I want you to feel free. I want to invite you to yell out the answer to me if you know the answer. Just have a go. Turn your name and say, have a go. Have 
a go. Give it a crack. Here we go. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you... Oh, wow. You're good. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our was on. Oh, wow. You're good at this. Some of you have practiced, I'm sure. Here we go. A big one. To save us all from Satan's when we were gone. Wow. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. You're much better than I thought you were going to be. Much, much better. I hope you went well online uh, today. What deep, rich, awesome truth there is as you work your way through this carol. I'm not going through the rest of the verses, but just to unpack them. Look it up when you go home and read and and enjoy uh, the reading as a believer. As a believer, you're reading this. As a believer, you're reading the thought of God being with us in our sorrow and God being powerful to help us and bring comfort and joy in those moments. Now, when it comes to comfort and joy, a lot of people look for comfort and joy in all kinds of places at Christmas time. Some look for it in traditions. They like to get their tree up and, and all the decorations up. And, and when that's all right, everything's right. Any people like that in the room? Anyone game to admit? Anyone going to give us a glimpse into the personalities here right now? Because I know a few that don't have their hands up in the room that should have their hands up right now. Christmas tree up, decorations up, uh, all, the, all the ball balls in place, all the lights just right, and then the star at the top of the tree. Some find comfort in the, some find comfort in the gatherings, just getting together with people, getting together with friends, getting together with family and sitting around the table and just sharing a ridiculous amount of food. An unlimited amount of food. Uh, some find real comfort in that. Anyone find comfort in food? Yeah, I do. I, I love that. I love the prawns. I, I love the seafood. I, I, I love uh, all the traditional Christmas food. My favorite is Christmas pudding with a bit of warmed up custard and a bit of dollop of big cream right there. That's, that's my favorite. I, I love that. A lot of comfort in that. Uh, some find uh, comfort in dressing up in Christmas clothes. That's weird, I know, but they do. They, they put on that shirt. I bought a Christmas shirt this year. I'm going to wear it on Christmas Day. And it, 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 people find comfort in, in doing those kinds of things. I want to suggest to you today that it's actually Christ that brings and carries comfort into Christmas. For every single one of us, he brings and carries comfort into Christmas for us all. 600 years 600 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied, which means he spoke on God's behalf. He spoke a message on God's behalf to the people of Jerusalem. And he talked about how Jerusalem would be destroyed. It would be annihilated. It would be taken over by the Babylonians and they'd be taken into captivity, into slavery for for 70 years. And he highlights on the rebuilding phase, on the return 
phase, on the restoration phase. And what he shows us is the heart of God. The heart of God when it comes to restoring people. The heart of God when God comes to people. The heart of God when God rebuilds people. And he speaks about this new covenant that will be established with the nation of Israel and how God will write his laws on their hearts and their minds and he would be within them and they wouldn't need to be told about God because they would instinctively know about God that God is within every one of them and this is the prophecy about the return of Israel uh, from that domination of the Babylonians it says in verse 13 of chapter 31 then young women will dance and be glad and young and old will dance as well you know when you're joyful you dance come on we danced on Friday nights we did according to the decades some did the hippie hippie shake some did I don't know what they were doing actually but (laughs) you dance when you're joyful and here it says the young women will dance the old will dance the young men will dance Everybody gets a dance. And he says, and I will turn their mourning, not their M-O-R-N-I-N-G, their sadness. I will turn their mourning into gladness and I will give them, here's our words, everyone say, comfort and joy instead of sorrow. We used to sing a song in church many, many years ago when I was a young boy uh, in church world uh, called, he turned my mourning into dancing. He turned my sorrow into joy, a song of praise instead of sadness, and for my grief, the oil of joy. You know, some of those old songs and these carols, they're just so drenched in the realities and the truths of what God does for us. God doesn't want you sad. God wants to help transform, redeem us, and bring us into a posture of gladness, a posture of comfort and joy. It doesn't mean there won't be challenge. There's always challenge. There's always pressure. There's always stress. We need to be able to learn to live in this challenge, in the stress, in the discipline comfort with the sense of God comfort and God joy and that's what Christmas is all about comfort and joy is the truth of this Christmas message that our Savior the Messiah the Lord was born and it was good news that was announced and it was great joy proclaimed for all the people because this Savior this Lord this Jesus this Messiah would save all the people from their sins all the people from their failings all the people from their transgressions all the people from their hurt all the people from their pain all the people from their tragedies that's good news people that God would do that for all of us that God would change our world forever by sending Jesus Uh, the message in Luke that was given to the shepherds was this it says there were shepherds living in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified because they didn't know what was going on but the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the Messiah 
Messiah, the Lord. The angel showed up and said, good news, people. Good news, people. I've got good news for you today. Everyone say today. Today, not tomorrow, not in 400 years, not in 600 years like Jeremiah prophesied about, but today. You know, it's, it's always exciting when it's today. When it's today, like the day, the big day, like the day you get your license, it's today. And like it seemed like forever. The, the day you leave school, you graduate from school or university, it's finally today. Today. The day you get married, if you've been waiting to get married for so long, so long all of a sudden it's today. And you're up early getting your hair done, uh, getting your, your makeup on. And that's what the boys do, uh, nice and early. You're up early doing all of that. The day you retire, all of a sudden it's the day. Everyone say today. Today. I love today. Today's a good day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not 400 years, not 600 years. It's arrived. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the message that was given by the angels to the shepherds and to others around that it was today. Right? You don't have to wait any longer. It's coming in this 24-hour period. I wonder what today will bring for you. Today. Today is a powerful thought. And it was this day that Jesus was born. And Jesus came as comfort and joy. And he is the Christ gift for us at Christmas. He is the Christ gift for us at Christmas. And the truth of Christmas is that God has God came to us for us and to be one with us. He came to us for us and to be one with us. I've got some simple thoughts that I want to share today. Firstly, God came to us. That's the message of Christmas. I, I couldn't find any simpler language to express this deep theological truth to you this morning. And I'm going to get a little bit nerdy and explain it in a moment. But God came to us. It's such a simple thought, you can miss it. God came to us. You see, the, the, the reality for humanity was that we couldn't go and reach God. God had to come and find us. And I love the thought that God is always searching, always seeking, always looking, always stooping. When a woman was caught in the act of adultery, he didn't walk past, he didn't stand high, he knelt down and he stooped at her level. The Bible says God came to us. He came to earth to be here for us. Isaiah prophesied it this way. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now I know this refers to them, but it also refers to us. To us this child has been born, to us this son has been given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of peace. No ordinary baby, no ordinary child, no ordinary birth. Something very different and supernatural about this day that the announcement was being made uh, by the angels to the shepherds. And it's pointing back to this kind of prophecy that Isaiah shared that this son called Jesus, he's special. He's special. Now everyone thinks their baby is special. Everyone thinks that. John and Lena today 
think that their baby is special because it's Bubby's first day in church today. Why don't you give her a big welcome? Beautiful. Lena, good to see you and the fam today uh, in church. God bless you and congratulations on little Bubby arriving into our world. And Jesus came as a special supernatural baby. And the message of Christmas is this, is God came to us, not just as a baby, but as a savior, as the Messiah, as this wonderful counselor, mighty God, King of Kings, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Do you know the only way you can find God is if God comes to you is if God comes to you the Bible says no one can come to the father unless called and the father calls he comes he gathers he stoops he leans down to find us and to be with us this is the story of Christmas and it actually illustrates a very deep theological truth and this is where I get nerdy for you a very deep theological truth is found in this thought of God coming to us and is wrapped around this whole Christmas message that we can't afford to lose in the simplicity of the explanation and it's called the incarnation the incarnation which simply means that God became like us that God became one of us, that God took on humanity. And John, out of all the gospel readers, highlights this thought of the incarnation and the deity of who Jesus Christ is. And he starts off by saying this. This is how he starts his book. He goes, in the beginning, the word already existed. Now, the word is a title. It's a title for God. And he says, the word was with God. Hang on. I'm confused already. Anyone else confused? In the beginning, the word already existed. And the word was with God. And so, if the word's God, how can the word be with God? Because he's beginning to explore this concept that... There is Father, Son, Holy Spirit that God has made up of these three in one person. And he says the word was God and the word with God and the word was God. And he existed before the beginning with God. So in one verse, he announces the pre-existence of God. In one verse, he announces that God is one yet another. He hasn't introduced the Holy Spirit yet. That comes later. And he's introducing these different deep thoughts. And then he says, God created everything. That's a big thought. Everything through him. Through who? Through the word. God created everything through the word. And nothing was created except through the word and the word gave life to everything well i want to meet this person called the word don't you this person called the word who was before everything that has ever been created that created everything and is also god it says the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought life to everyone and so the word here we go became human the word became human Now, we read that without really thinking about that. Think about the word. 
who was with God and was God before everything else. Before there was anything, there was the Word who was with God and was God. And John unfolds this truth of how the Word took on humanity. He became a man. He took on flesh. And not only that, he made his home among us. Among us. He lived among us, is what John's writing about, the story of Christmas. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. You know, the truth is man can never become God. God had to become man. Man can and will never become God. God had to become one of us. He became one of us and that means that Jesus identifies with us. He relates to us. He took on all the struggles and troubles of humanity, of humanness. He feels the pain, the heartache, the rejection, the bitterness, the brokenness, the tragedy, the trauma of life that you and I have experienced. Not only does he identify with us, he also has this other factor that he is God. And so he not only identifies, he can do something about it. See, I might be able to identify with you, but I can't heal you. Jesus not only hears you, he heals you. He hears you, he helps you. Because he identifies with you, but he can actually restore you. This is the message of this beginning story that happened on Christmas, that Jesus moved into our neighborhood. He moved into our neighborhood is what the Message Bible says. This is the incarnation where God became like one of us. This is what this Christmas carol proclaims and people sing it. Born on Christmas Day, our Savior to free us from Satan's power. We have a world that doesn't even believe in sin. Yet every Christmas season they sing about sin with smiles on their faces. About how Jesus has broken the power that Satan had over us. This is the gospel message that begins with the Christmas story. And so Jesus became man, fully man, just like you and I. But he was also fully God. And the fact that he was fully man did not lessen his being God. And the fact that he was God did not lessen him being man. It's this beautiful balance that he carries. And it's this, this deeply significant, profound truth is often lost in the simplicity of words like God came down to us. He came down to us. The creator of the universe, the life source of everything, left heaven to came on earth and he subjected himself to all the struggles and he assumed the burden that we have as humanness in living in the limitations of flesh. He was abused, he was used, he was crucified uh, as a human being, as a man. He felt all of the pain of that, the rejection of friends. 
He felt every pain and sorrow that we have. And yet the good news of him coming and the good news of Christmas is God came down to us and God came down for us. So that says to me, God is not beyond me anymore. God is not out of reach of me anymore. Uh, God is up close. He's personal. He's not that far away God. He's not that unseen God. He's not that unfelt God. Uh, it's, it's not that I can't reach him anymore. He's now close to me. He's now close to every one of us. So Christmas is the power of heaven coming to earth. It's the presence of heaven coming to earth. It's the grace of heaven coming to earth. It's the forgiveness of heaven coming to earth. It's the redemption of heaven coming to earth. It's the restoration of heaven coming to earth. This is why Jeremiah could say the young women will dance. The young men will dance. The old will dance. We don't miss out. Every old person gets to dance because of the restoration of what God does to us and for us by coming to earth not only did he come to us he came for us he came to us he also came for us you were so special turn to your neighbor and say you're special you are so special you're more special than you know you are you're more special than you think you are You are special and so special that God came not only to earth, he came for us. I'll just... (laughs) Too much dancing on Friday night. You're so special that, that the Father made Christmas all about you. It really is all about you. And it's okay for it to be all about you at different moments. And the Christmas message is God made it all about you because he sent his son for you. He sent his son for you. He didn't send Jesus out so he could have an experience. You know, like people like experiences. They like to travel. They want to go and see Europe. They want to go somewhere special so they can have... Jesus wasn't sitting in heaven thinking, Hey, Father, can you just send me down to earth? I want to have that little experience. He didn't come for an experience. He came for humans. He came for brokenness. He came to bring healing. He came to bring forgiveness. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son. He sent his son. He sent his son here for all of us. For unto us this day was announced is born a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. One that would free us from guilt, shame, accusation, failings and sin. One that would set us free from that. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. This is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas. That's why it was announced as good news and great joy and comfort and joy for every one that would believe in him. He's a lifter of hearts. He's a lifter of sorrows. God is a lifter of people. And that little baby that was born on that day, his birth has ramifications for eternity. Ramifications for eternity. Because he came down, and not only did he come down, he came for us. And not only did he came, come for us, he came to be one with us. One with us. What a beautiful thought. That he came to be one with us. Us. Matthew records this and says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. God's with us. That's what his name means. God with us. His name describes what he does. His name is Emmanuel, which means God dwells with us. God inhabits himself with us. God has moved into our neighborhood to be one of us. And he did all of that for us. So the truth of Christmas is God's with us now. God is with us now. God's with us in any moment and every moment. God's not just with us for the good times. God's not just with us when everything is going extremely well. God is not just with us when we're fit and healthy. God's not just with us when we have everything we want. God's with us at all moments, at every moment, at every stage, in every season. God's with us. God's with Israel right now in the middle of a war. God's with people in Palestine right now that are trying their hardest to work out what's going on. God's with them. God's with us here as we sit in the confusion of what's going on in our bigger world, but not only our bigger world, also our smaller world. You see, this message of Christmas is a message of hope. It's a message of faith. It's a message of life, that God is with us through all the struggles of Christmas. And so the message of Christmas that we're going to celebrate over the next month is that Christ came to you to be here for you and to be one with you. So my prayer... My prayer for us this Christmas season is, God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I pray comfort and joy. I pray good news, I pray peace, and I pray joy for everybody this Christmas season. So when you sing the carols, sing the carols from a heart that's bursting with understanding about these deep truths that are contained in them. And when you sing sing them, just identify those truths. That's speaking of the incarnation. You're proclaiming that Christ has come and taken on humanness and paid the price for our sins and set our world free. That's why the young girls will dance. That's why young men will dance. That's why old people like me will dance. Anyone want to dance? Why don't you stand to your feet? We are going to sing joy to the world because the Lord has come. It's our anthem for Christmas. Comfort and joy. So sing it big, sing it loud, sing it proud, and let's celebrate the Christmas season. Thank you. Come on, church, let's go.